0: what's going on uh
1: well other than the technical snafus everything's great uh oh. yeah things are things are really good you know cruising into this is the big weekend for us right
0: this is this is showdown weekend this is for the sec west
1: mm-hmm.
0: this big yeah. one yeah. lsu bama yeah i'm glad I'm of valley
1: Go Tigers! Go
0: Tigers! Yeah, just glad it's a glad it's a Bama home
1: game. Gives us yeah. gives us a
0: little bit of an edge.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of
0: course, you have the number one offense in college football, so I'm you know a little a little,
1: a, a little you know what? Uh, no, no. Here's what I don't like about that. Okay, okay. The reason why they do that is because they want some sort of narrative around the game, right? So sure. when Alabama you know, only allows us to score six points, right? Mm-hmm. Then they'll be like, Alabama shut down the number one offense. And the, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've seen Alabama play twice this year mm-hmm. and I've seen Alabama get better, like in, in different mm-hmm. facets of the game. Like, and yeah. I've done, I've seen the same for LSU. So. Oh, I'm, no,
0: absolutely. I've watched like four LSU games. This
1: yeah. year. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I I'm, I'm very, um, I'm intrigued this year because I feel like this is a year where they're, it's kind of like a 60, 40 chance with 60 being Bama because they're at home and stuff. But I feel like we're pretty evenly matched. Mm -hmm. Does that that make sense? I mean, I,
0: it is, it is a traditional LSU, Alabama, great matchup.
1: Yeah. Always a
0: great game. So, you know, it's just like they're, they're, there are very few SEC blowout games. I mean, would you, unless you're playing in the East, but I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. sorry, but the East is weaker than the West.
1: Yeah. Just, unless, yeah. Know. No, unless you have Georgia. Right. Uh, right. The, he, yeah. Right. You
0: know. who, who dominates the East. I um.
1: Mean. I, yeah. I think, I think that's true. But I mean, I think you could also say Jeff, that as an LSU fan, like there have definitely been years where I'm coming into a game like this going, eh, it's like, 95-5. Okay. 95% Okay, Alabama is going to win this game, right? 5% chance that, you know. Yeah.
0: We're but gonna... you have a very unbalanced Alabama team coming into this game that's still questioning what the hell we're doing. Like,
1: Yeah, well, you know, is, college is it, is it football be, is it overall be, this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, is it going to be first half versus Tennessee-Alabama or is it going to be <laughs> second half versus Tennessee-Alabama? <laughs> yeah. right, right. That we're going right. to
1: see. Right. The split personality kind of teams. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I feel like college football this year overall is a lot weaker than it has been in the, in the past. I mean, I, I, I just see, like, I don't see real teams anymore. I see a lot of free agents like on, yeah. on teams that are, you know, there's no, like I, this NIL and it's the open portals and it's what we've done to the game, but I, I think it's, I think we're going to pay some price for it. I I do. And I think it's the quality of play because you and I both know this. It takes time to really play as a team and to really gel, you know, as a, as a unit. Wait,
0: wait, wait. wait. Are you saying Nick Saban's right?
1: uh, Yeah. On this particular uh, occasion. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think he's absolutely right in the sense that we're going to see some ramifications on down the line and, and yeah, I mean, you know, Certainly, he's got political stakes in that game, but um, yeah. you know, I, I I do think that qualitatively you're going to start to see it more and more. Over, it's going to be more homogenized kind of entertainment. You know, I mean, the playoff system, all they're talking about and doing, you going know, to ten,
0: going yeah. to like ten teams in the playoffs. It's I like mean, it's, playoff it's until February.
1: It's like I think really they would they would play year round if they could. I, re- I really do and i think people yeah. would watch it year round i i really do
0: uh if it was as we have learned it has to be a certain brand of football can't be the xfl can't be usfl who are going to merge now anyway so yeah,
1: yeah. i i tried to do that i mean i tried to watch a couple of those games and i was like it it just felt d- very strange it's like very it just felt to watch. very yes. different yeah
0: yeah because you know it's it's in no offense it's just it's semi-pro football you know some some who had college experience a few who don't right. have college experience some who have pro experience some who have no experience who just walked on and made the team you know it's uh all of the
1: replacements right i mean <laughs> yeah. essentially, which is which is why i was watching it you know i was like well maybe it'll be you know moderately entertaining because you know you have characters like the replacements in your head <laughs> you know when you're thinking about it yeah <laughs> The greatest sorry episode, S- sorry to our audience there. sorry to our audience too right we just uh wrapped about sports for today did you have a good halloween jeff did you, did, did you guys get a lot of trick or treaters did you know
0: no we did not um it's the steps
1: jeff you have the it's- exorcist it's- steps at your house so the kids exactly. aren't going to climb and yes. you all aren't going to move your porch down to the street for halloween no, no. no sir no sir so, how about uh, you uh we went trick or treating uh and it was quite hilarious because you know zoe's getting to that age where it's was like, gonna say
0: she's gonna age out like yeah
1: yeah yeah so this was the fun. she she was desperately at like four o'clock calling friends going are you going trick-or-treating are you going trick-or-treating are you going trick-or-treating and i just felt such a such empathy for her because you know uh we've all been in that transitional period where you're you know where you get the stares right from the people at the door like oh okay mm-hmm. trick or treat. yeah old, you? yeah, you're a little old, aren't you there uh um but she went she went with a group of her friends and uh she definitely i think I think this was the last year that she'll be on that side of it so so we weren't at the house um and we don't do the honor system, you know i yeah. Where you leave the candy out and like only take two. And I, yeah, we I, that's just foolish in my opinion.
0: <laughs> Especially if you got good candy.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> one more kid Snickers, will walk up and coke. take the whole, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
0: just can't. no, so. no, I, I've, uh, I, I've enjoyed my, uh, this was a week to recalibrate after uh, a couple weeks down in new Orleans. So this was kind of just getting my feet back under me and adjusting and catching up to a lot of things and a bunch of albums that i had bought that i hadn't had a chance to listen to caught up oh, with a lot of those so i was listening support. to one as you were coming on today
1: oh yeah
0: um so you know mountain goats had a new album so just like gotta gotta be there i've already booked two shows so oh, i'm going Lord. to see them in athens and seeing them here in birmingham so and there's there's
1: gonna be uh there's gonna be more articles to follow right about uh
0: uh maybe i i don't it, it it depends it depends depends on how tool goes
1: oh, oh yeah are no. you working on a tool piece
0: um a little bit yeah i've been working on undertow for a while oh wow so, you know because it it turned 30 uh you know i mean it was like it was time to start working on undertow
1: that's a good segue <laughs> yes. If you want to take it because we're 30, I mean, if you want to start with only the lonely, because it's
0: well, this this week is interesting. Oh, uh, by the way, we're lonely PhDs. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes, he's Dr. Joseph Watson. Uh, aside from sec football and music on this show, we talk about film. Um, this week, thematics the lonely bachelor, the sad sack, the Giamatti, as I like to call it. Uh, you know, the sad sad sack of shit um you know just uh, uh this is this is an interesting uh, uh theme that has, has been in hollywood as long as hollywood's been making movies uh this week we're looking at two films uh one that uh dr watson may argue is a remake of the other uh marty 1955 directed by delbert mann uh screenplay by the legendary patty chayefsky starring ernest borgnine uh, and only the lonely, 1991, from writer-director Chris Columbus, starring John Candy. Um, and, and and I don't know, do we want to do we want to talk about these films separately, or do we want to kind of bunch this together? Because really, there's not a lot of you know thematic difference in these films. There's different approaches, different cities. You know, one is New York, one is Chicago. But I mean, how do you, how do you want to approach this?
1: Okay, well, so let's start with only the lonely. Okay, okay. can we can we start there? Yeah, uh, because I gr- I agree with you. So, um, Chris Columbus is is behind only the lonely, right? Uh, writer and director
0: Chris Columbus. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Harry Potter. Uh, as well as uh produced by John Hughes, right? And so that's yes. that's no small name for 80s and 90s kinds of cinema. Uh so um only the lonely tells the story of Danny Muldoon, played by John Candy. Uh Danny is a Chicago cop reaching the I would say second act of his life, right? He's a single mm-hmm. Pringle, uh, he's struggling to balance his life between loyalty to his controlling mother Rose, played by the Amazing Maureen O'Hara yes. and a newfound exciting relationship with Teresa, played by the gorgeous Ali Sheedy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who and Teresa works as a cosmetic or presentation specialist, let's call her, uh, for mm-hmm. a local funeral home. So she does, you know, the makeup and the and and the uh, the facial work to present um uh, bodies for funerals <laughs> pretty pretty rare right a uh, position that you would see in a movie right a character who has that profession uh but we'll come back we'll circle back to that some supporting players here uh danny's brother patrick played by kevin dunn is a, is a is an important character as as is danny's longtime cop partner salvatore played by the uh, amazing Jim Belushi. You
0: uh, got to have a Belushi. If it's Chicago, yeah, you got to have a Chicago Belushi. is right,
1: right. Uh, and then um, other and, uh, one more notable here, uh, the character of Nick Acropolis <laughs> is played by the <laughs> impeccable Anthony Quinn uh and so some so so it's it's kind of stage right you've kind of got your play almost right um uh atmosphere uh a, a small but 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 critical supporting cast around um what is kind of essentially a twofer uh you know yep. it's basically two people talking right so what this movie offers jeff is uh some excellent performances a few real honest moments that are meditations on loneliness social anxiety and awkwardness. Uh, You're also going to find some ethnic slurs and some prejudices and some stereotypes, which I thought was Uh way interesting revisiting this movie. But also you're going to find some very tender and moving moments of bliss that remind us of how powerful a combo the rom-com can be, even if it doesn't always represent relationships, situations, and consequences in a realist fashion. The best rom-coms to me are the ones that are magical and they transport you like a drug into these spaces of just joy and elation and romanticism. And Only the Lonely has all of this. And is my, in my opinion, this is a lost classic that is at its core, a remake of Marty and I say remake because it it follows the structure and the thematics of Marty, but it doesn't revision them in any kind of transformative way to really classify I mean, it as a revision.
0: I don't know. Marty's pretty rough, um, you know. At least in in my viewing of it, and what you're talking about too. I mean, we're talking about here, like, uh, you know, in Marty, you know, men are these pretty awful creatures, and women are. Okay. Utility and okay. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean.
1: Okay, so they differ in their cultural and societal contexts due mm-hmm. to the time periods in which they were set. Right, Marty was okay. released in
0: 1955.
1: Correct. Yep. it's a post-World War II New York City, uh, and this was a time of you know pretty significant social change in America, and it reflects the kind of cultural normativity and domesticity of the 1950s, where those traditional gender roles, right, and the family mm-hmm. expectations were prevalent and marty is kind of this um you know he, he, he he's stuck trying to find his way uh, out of all of these kind of animalistic men that surround him right i mean it's oh yeah
0: it's his friends that are terrible
1: it's right right
0: you, you know it's it's just like where'd
1: you go yeah. what you do <laughs> where you go you left me you know and it's left like me left alone. me yeah, you've, yeah.
0: Got, you've got like that whole side story with him you know with the friend like trying to to hunt him down which i couldn't figure out kind of like i was i was kind of like why are we wasting time with this this is a and this is a lean 90 minutes so i mean yeah of yeah. like is this filler <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always think that there's got to be in, in, um, in these movies to a certain extent, there's got to be that kind of homoerotic relationship that um, yes. the, this the guy's got to have with one of his friends. Right. And so, right. Um, but you've mentioned something that I really want to cap on and it's the 90 minutes of Marty. Marty is tight. It is yeah. so well written and it's definitely a twofer, right? I mean, this the majority of this movie is to oh, yeah. them walking, right? It's very link later in that way, right? The I mean... only
0: real supporting character is the city, you know, New York itself, because it's the main action takes place with them walking around at night, finding things to do. Um and I found that to be delightful because, again, that's a time capsule in itself. You know that that <laughs> they they turn they turn at one point and go, but it's only one in the morning. You can know, we, and I'm can just we like, can we
1: talk about this for a second? Of course. Because yeah, because you, you're 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 100. It's like all of a sudden I was rewatching it last. I've seen Marty several times, right? But I wanted to rewatch it for this. And when they're walking into the bar, right, and there's this tracking shot as they're following them through the bar. And there's all these mothers that are sitting at the bar, and it's like one a.m., and they're all having beers, and they're like, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, the 1950s must have been wild, right? I mean,
0: well, I mean that's it's it's it. In I go to New York often, and I can tell you, in modern day New York, that is not how it is. Like it is, everything shuts down. I I know that there's still the myth. In movie movies like this, sort of propagate the myth that right. New York is the city that never sleeps. And I'm like, right. New York sleeps. Trust me, it's like things things shut down at a reasonable. Things do
1: outlet. wind down. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, there's no
0: yeah. there's no three a.m. jazz sets. I'll put it that.
1: <laughs> way <Unfortunate. laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go to New Orleans for that. Um, yeah, you gotta go to New Orleans for that. But uh, but you know, I, I I agree with this. So so that that nightlife. Mm -hmm. was because even even the mom and the aunt right are like they're out and about they're out and about and they're moving from like one part of the city to the other part of the city at like 1am and it's like Mm. yeah and the buses are running the public transportation and there's all the, the buses are full of all yeah. these people. And I'm like, okay, all right. This is definitely either an exaggeration for like cinematic purposes, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be, or or this was the way people wanted to perceive of New York in the 1950s, or was that really kind of the hustle and bustle of the way it was? I, well, I mean, don't an know. In, an interesting Neither one compar- of us was, yeah, I, was alive. I, in there.
0: I know an interesting compare and contrast is Eyes Wide Shut's New York, you know, which mm. is not populated, mm. is very dreamy and uh individualistic mm-hmm. um and scary in its own way right like it's it's kind of creepy and not it's not that it's not well or 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 even we could compare it to uh 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 new york and after hours you know and and uh-huh. and you know we're there that's an extreme right where it is creepy and everyone is out to get you and you're never right. leaving here
1: right ever or uh or or how new york is represented in crocodile dundee jeff
0: oh boy (laughs) let's we'll get one jab
1: in there you gotta
0: get it in they can go back and listen to that episode i do not want to revisit crocodile dundee but so so my second point i would but say, yeah, but
1: but before you go to that can right. i just say do you see the link later connections as well right i mean this is a walk and talk oh, the Flaneur, movie,
0: yeah right? i mean it's
1: so it's, it's yeah you know, right okay okay so yeah. i just want to make you know because woody allen does this shit too with new york right where they're yeah. walking and talking right
0: you gotta and, wander yeah. around
1: i <laughs>
0: just don't understand <laughs>
1: So it's a romanticized depiction we can we can say at best right. Yeah, I
0: mean the, New York usually has those two extremes it's either romantic or or or, horrifying. or Dark and seedy <laughs> right right right. Yeah. There's little yeah. there's little you know middle middle ground but yeah, I I just I think it's interesting you know I don't know if Candy had a lot of input on the final script but you couldn't make John Candy, like the Ernest Borgnine, you know, butcher, you know, character. Like it was just, it just doesn't fit him. Making him a cop made sense to me, but it was just, I'm just curious. Did anything in your research this week, did you come up with anything about why Candy? chose the choices he made or was it columbus or i mean i just
1: it's chris columbus i mean this was yeah. kind of a love letter for them uh to chicago um and they wanted to give an opportunity to really showcase what john candy can do right um uh, who's canadian
0: uh, yeah right <laughs> they,
1: they they really you know uh i think john candy has two really really strong performances right i mean it's like mm-hmm. uncle buck it's mm. kind of quintessential John Candy. And then uh there's this movie, and then you gotta go with his supporting role in JFK, right? I mean it's like what
0: about planes Trains? Uh sure. You know, come on. Sure. Sure. You know, I know who
1: I am. My <laughs>
0: that's, friends your I mean, that's your go-to.
1: Every that's your go-to. I know, I know. You love that. You love that moment. Um, I uh I I think Maureen O'Hara has some really great moments in this. You know, we mm-hmm. can talk a lot about the the mother son dynamic.
0: Yeah, it's movies, very right? different. Because nor- here.
1: normally it's father son, but it's mother son. Yeah, here so here it's,
0: here it's yeah. very different too. Again, like only the lonely is more like the the th- almost like a quasi throw mama from the train mother, you know, almost. And Marty's mom isn't worried until her friend moves, until the aunt moves in, <laughs> right. and fills her full <laughs> right. of ideas at the very end. She is right. actually very accepting and applicant and wants to meet the young woman. Right, and, you know, right. All this and the Moreno Hair character, not so much. Right. That's that's more like weird, controlling, you know, type of type of mom. Which again, that's why it's, uh, it's interesting if we if we think about only the lonely as a reimagining of Marty, not a remake, but sort of taking the thematics of it. I think the skewering of the mother. Is more born out of maybe a stereotype of the mother that developed post Marty. Do you think that that's mm, fair to say? I mean, yeah,
1: that's, 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 that's you may be onto something there. Um, I, you know, I, I, that's, it's a possibility. It's probably um, a lot of smoke there, but some fire, no question. I, then why Marino? Smoke.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so i can we can we talk about the ethnic stuff in both sure. of these movies because absolutely in marty we're looking primarily at italian culture right in new italian,
0: york italian american you know, new yorkers yeah
1: right and catholics
0: and in, in catholics
1: yeah i mean that's a big part of marty right he's just like are you catholic what? you know you could you, you could see him going down the checklist oh, right he's going
0: down there. the checklist yeah in his head and also <laughs> and also that he's been very forward. He's just like, I've got to go to mass in the morning. I've got to go, yeah. you know, I got to be at mass at 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah, so.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's what's interesting about Marty. And I know we just sidetracked for a second, but I, I don't want to forget this. Delbert Mann, who directed Marty, was yes. himself a World War II veteran. Um, and a deep dive on him was quite interesting. I have not seen very many of his films. But mm-hmm. he was a he's a Nashville kid, and he was a Vanderbilt oh. alum, huh. uh, and he you know went on to direct this best picture. You know, Marty won a ton of Oscars, you know, the year that it mm-hmm. that it came out. Um, but I wonder if there's a lot of Marty that's reflected in Delbert Mann, like he saw a lot of similarities, particularly when Marty was talking about his war experience. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's that it's definitely. We need to asterisk Marty and and remind everyone that it is still a, a war movie to a certain extent because the 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 war experience the veteran experience is is brought out right in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, so,
0: absolutely. And it, it, it's 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 he even says at one point, "Holy cow, it's been you know thirteen years. Where'd right, they go?" Right. You know, after right. after recounting, and you have to do the math basically about World War II on Marty, like he he talks a little bit about his experiences but you you have to sit there and go wait what year is it it's 55 let's see the war in 42 43 so it's it's right in that you know um in that particular wheelhouse um so the
1: italian thought... culture is where we were right the italian right. culture for marty and and what's what's interesting about that is that she's a school teacher clara his love interest
0: his love interest is a is, is a, a, a college educated school teacher
1: yes Yes. yes although although to the to the to the to the aunt that makes her sus right because right. she's just like oh a college grad mm. she's one step, streets, one step from the streets one step from the streets right i mean you know. just like i was like whoa you know so you yeah. can catch those little windows into that sort mm. of societal and cultural context um but there was definitely like the badges right so it has to be italian has to be catholic and i like the way that Clara keeps suggesting because there is sort of this community message that's in Marty, right? Because he's the mm-hmm. local butcher, but he's mm-hmm. talking about his big dream is to open up a grocery store, right? Is to expand right. and then to collaborate. And he wants to collaborate with all the local produce people, right? And all the right, he wants to community build, right? And this is done at the at the at the urging of of. Of Clara, right? She says, that, "I think mm-hmm. that's a great idea." You know, um, so th- I think that subtext is interesting too, given the the boroughs and the communities within New York City. So.
0: Well, who better would know the boroughs and communities than a cop? I mean, it it makes sense in transition for the yeah, to, you know right. for John Candy's character, right? That this is someone who's who's and again, you know, John Candy as just an entity as a person exudes approachability and likability and all of that stuff you know if if it's hackney-eyed to say a kind face then it's just going to be hackney-eyed because it's just like it's a kind it's a kind face you know you can you want to walk up to him ask directions right i mean and that's part of that appeal as well
1: yeah no that's true and and they do make you know he's he's sort of humble brags throughout the movie right about how many people and how connected he is and how many people that know him right um Mm -hmm. i got a friend here or i got a friend there right so you definitely know that he's been you know uh um uh, that he's a local celebrity i guess of sorts right and i wonder Mm if as you're pointing out because of john candy's just kind of like natural like demeanor um, if during his time working with a uh, second city there in Chicago, if they, you know, if they, uh, you know, if, if Chicago folks had, I don't know, you're the Chicago guy, right? Like I go to you when I have questions about Chicago mm-hmm. because you know so much about that city. Um, uh, But was he known around town? Like, you know, like people well, like, they Bill, all did, like Bill you know, Murray just shows up in Chicago. Well, in I mean, they places. all did
0: time at the second city,
1: right? you know
0: so i mean that's that's the connective tissue if there's any connective okay. tissue it's yeah. just like you know doing time at, at, as a second city troop member you know yeah. and, and anybody who wants to take a deep dive into sctv i i highly encourage it although it is very difficult to find these days so yeah. you know i mean you've got Lord, Martin short john yeah. candy eugene levy uh uh, uh andrea Kath- Martin, Catherine o'hara, Catherine O'Hara um uh the the just it goes on and rick moranis dave thomas uh it it, it's truly astounding when you when you think about it and you go back and joe and of course the underdog for me is always joe flaherty who was just always came (laughs) up with with amazing you know guy caballero right (laughs) the the, the owner (laughs) owner owner of sctv guy caballero
1: it's a canon of uh, of some pretty important people, uh, particularly in in comedic history. I mean, so many people got their training and start there. um yeah.
0: well, I mean, but but and... we've kind of, you know, candy and has sort of fallen to the wayside in culture, like uh, since his untimely death. Mm-hmm. It, it's we rarely talk about John Candy movies. And it's just like his his small body of work, as you're alluding to and what you're getting at, too, is just like, If you're going to call this one a classic, then we have to call, you know, Splash is a classic. And he's got a supporting role in that Um, as, you know, as the friend, Um, you know, The Great Outdoors is a great cult kind of, you know, fun, like you're saying, fun family comedy, which he sort of nestled himself into.
1: So I think so i think there's a couple of things here that that i'm going to go more specific right the reason mm-hmm. why i say it's a it's a classic for candy is because he carries this movie um mm-hmm. he he carries something like summer rental as well right like it's it's all right <laughs> but in stripes or in splash or even in Planes, trains and automobiles which is yeah. you know i i do agree with you that is probably his best performance but like his pairing you know, okay, it's Dan Aykroyd in Great Outdoors, or it's mm-hmm. Steve Martin in Plains Trains, or it's Tom Hanks and Splash, right? Mm-hmm. This is a movie where he, you know, if he has a twofer in this movie, it's Maureen O'Hara, right? I mean, he has the, the majority of scenes are. Um, and uh, but I think you know, this is a this is a movie where it's you know it's much like Marty relies on Ernest Borgnine, only the lonely relies on John Candy to carry the you mm-hmm. know, uh the story along, right? And and I just I just meant remake by structure. So like we see, you know, the structure of scenes, right, where we see these characters in very <laughs> similar contexts, right? But mm-hmm. you're right in the sense that it's a it it is a little bit of a reimagining um and a and and a readaptation to the 80s sort of uh uh-huh. culture and societal norms where things had changed and you know there were relationships that were uh that were seen a little bit differently right because his brother in only the lonely is a, a patrick character is really kind of interesting because he's in suburbia right and in suburban mm-hmm. bliss right mm-hmm. but uh but the mother doesn't live with him right you know yeah. so there's it's just like in the, some in interesting the, in the, in the- dynamics right
0: in the, in the, and in Marty, we have someone trying to get rid of the ant, Right. Right. To, right. To me, Cause he's like, you, you've got room, you've got room. We're trying to, we're trying to grow a family here.
1: Yeah. We, we can't breathe. <laughs> we can't breathe. Come on. You understand, right. Marty. You,
0: you understand, um, don't you, Marty? You're a good guy. Um, I, I think it's interesting that both films, you could actually sort of contextualize them and, and, and put a lens of how we treat our elderly, um on there as well you know the old the old country way or the old european way of that the the parents live with the children you know until until they pass you know and this is this is in the this is in the subtextual stew of marty and maybe to a degree in only the lonely i don't know i mean well they're gonna
1: ship her off to florida and and yeah. only the lonely i mean that's what patrick Amer- wants to do yeah yeah
0: which in american culture has become the you know the 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 ticket right like that's the that's always the we everybody retires to florida
1: i guess i don't i don't want to retire to florida, but but i do True. but i mean you know no. i wouldn't i don't mind visiting but i don't want to yeah. retire there i i just i i but i do agree with you that um you know there there is this sort of subtext and it happens you know i mentioned that That only the lonely has those sort of nice soft moments that linger on contemplating what it means to be alone. I think all the mother characters in both of these movies have moments where, you know, where it's deliberate, where you know the audience is thinking, oh yeah, what's gonna become of her, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh what what purpose is she gonna have, you know, because she doesn't take care of anybody and there's you, no kids the and sympathetic
0: there's, you know. strings.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's you it's know. a narrative trope for sure, but it still works. Um and, and it does make one reflect right on their on their own existence. Right. Um can we
0: know. can we talk about Chris Columbus for a second? Because sure. I I, I want to talk about that again we're talking about people not getting their due you know here's someone who's had a very successful career in hollywood as a writer and as a director and paid his dues and you know again when things look effortless we take it for granted and you know i i had recently saw uh rewatched home alone and i was amazed by the the timing of the movie it had been a long time but i mean the the bits in it the beats are just so good you know and that's again chalking that up to to direction because you're directing you're directing a boy you know a small child you know and it's just like how do you how do you do that and it's just so effortless you know, but, you know that, they
1: shot that they shot that on uh you know the house was replicated inside a gymnasium at an old abandoned uh, uh elementary school oh wow so they, i didn't know they, that so it was all an interior stage set so it really mm-hmm. made the some of the gimmick you know staging Mm -hmm. things a lot more theatrical but but easier to Mm -hmm. to sort of choreograph and 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 because that's yeah that's all practical stuff right i mean there's really something flying through the air whacking him in the face and you know
0: when when yes you're right
1: when was the first
0: time you 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 thought about chris columbus uh, as a as a as like from a directing standpoint from from
1: that's a good question um because i think with chris columbus it's always like let me start i mean i think home alone is probably the one that instantly comes to mind but then i go Mm -hmm. to like harry potter like next um because i just his hand is so obvious in harry potter like you can just almost feel him turning the pages Mm -hmm. um (laughs)
0: well yeah exactly you know this is very mechanical harry potter is very not taking any magic away from harry potter but i'm just like it's very mechanical and it's very measured and everything there there are no i'll put it this way there are no chances taken in in harry potter so Mm. yeah at least i that's my viewpoint having read the books and Mm. watched the movies and i'm just like oh okay that's pretty much yeah
1: but i mean i so um you know, okay. If I'm going to be really real uh, adventures in babysitting was there you go. awesome. Right. Uh, and um, I even have a, a, a soft spot for like Mrs. Doubtfire. And mm-hmm. um, what's the other one with Robin Williams? Bicentennial man.
0: That is a dark fucking movie.
1: Don't sleep on that one. It's way better than people Ooh, gave it credit for. That is um,
0: a dark movie.
1: Wow. You talk about a meditation on what happens when you get older. That there's right there. Um, and um, and I, and I even as controversial as this probably will sound to some, maybe listening, I even like his movie version of Rent. Um, so hmm. Dawson's I'm gonna... great in that. I think he, yeah, I think he captured a lot of really cool stuff in that movie, but um you know, the purists will come after me for that. But I I, I stand by it. I liked his movie and and the movie is not the play and it never is. So, you
0: know, please send all complaints to lonely PhDs at gmail.com response to rent.
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's certainly earned his stripes and that's not even to begin to talk about some of the projects that he just produced Mm -hmm. on, right. That he just made Mm -hmm. happen well Um, i mean
0: i mean do you feel like there's any john hughes fingerprints on this thing i mean
1: on only the lonely yeah uh yeah he's the the main producer i mean i think chicago period uh and i think john hughes um but i think uh john hughes always liked to focus on characters from the other side of the tracks so he was Mm -hmm. always going to ask you to to adopt a perspective um you know of of what it's like to be on one or the other side of the tracks and it's usually about class right um and uh so you know it makes sense that he would be at least uh fiscally supportive of a story written by his buddy chris columbus uh you know that was about a chicago beat cop that echoes marty right i mean i'm sure that those were films that they were both familiar with so
0: well, what, what I always find fascinating about Hughes is is that he got to start writing at Lampoon. Yeah. You know, at in, you know, it was filthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. very
0: mature content,
1: everyone. Yes. If you want to go
0: look up John Hughes's writings yes. and also uh, the yearbook movie. Um or was it class reunion it's class He's, reunion yes reunion, yeah yeah
1: but he, but he you, you're right jeff he started um he started out really in gross out comedy like you know really writing perverted stuff you know mm-hmm. um per, perverted humor for the the 80s you know um,
0: well it's 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 hard to contextualize lampoon for people because it's just like the point of lampoon was to be offensive of course yeah you know i mean that's yeah. just like Flip through half an issue of national lampoon and it's just like oh they're just trying to be as offensive as humanly
1: possible that's right that's right you know and and you know thank god that we eventually graduated to things like celebrity death Match, right um <laughs> you know i mean but it's no no yeah it's all following that train right of of uh of humor um so yeah but but hughes became the voice of youth for the you know for the which is just and, wild and when you think about I it I mean, know,
0: when you think about the trajectory of it into into vacation into all of these things i mean it's just like he wrote vacation for god's sakes you know yeah. i mean it's just like
1: he just and, he, it was and burning really,
0: inside of him to write about the midwest
1: I, and um And uh yeah, just the just the struggle with um identity politics and finding oneself in you know in high school and post-high school and you know, I mean he just he understood um the stereotypes Mm -hmm. so well that he ended up defining them for our generation, those those youth stereotypes.
0: I had, I had an interesting student response to the breakfast club recently on one of their, they were watching it and they, their, their main uh, point was that they said that they would like to see the breakfast club remade to broaden the representations in it. And I kind of, I kind of just went, well, why don't you just make something original instead of just remaking The Breakfast Club, because The Breakfast Club is very specific. You know, it is a white, suburban, Midwestern high school. You know, if you're going to expand representation, and I I wasn't negative in my response at all. I was just like, I thought it was an interesting point, Mm -hmm. but I just sort of, you know, lapsed down to saying, well, make something else. Make something original. Like, do put if you're going to put a stamp on on the genre, then do it that way. But don't right. relate to the Breakfast Club, right? You know? Right. And, and you know, in and, and shoehorn in all of these things if that makes sense. Like,
1: yeah, I well, I, see, I you know, you're pointing out the reason why I usually just avoid putting John Hughes movies on my list, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, they're always going to crack back, but that's that's a really good point in the sense that uh, there is there you know there isn't much diversity represented in that movie, and it is very no. specific, as you were saying, yeah. to a to a to a time and a place and a and a specific context. But and that's not going to be everybody's lived experience in 2023. No, no, no. no, no. So then write that movie, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I would tell that student. Then use the Breakfast Club as your inspiration, but you know, mm-hmm. don't remake it. Make it your own. You know, that's right. a, and not to, not to be too John Carpenter, but I mean, that's what he always tells everybody. You know, yeah. hey, what are go you know, make what, your movie? Go make it. You know, make it your own. You know? what and, what are
0: and, your unique challenges? Yeah, you know, yeah. what are what are what because they're obviously going to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's something, as you said too, that we're always encouraging students to do when they decide that they find problematics with you know certain films in the canon um yeah i mean that's that's the only thing we fix have it. With, that's you know to fix, fix it, it. go yeah.
1: go go write it you know i mean i i uh i i i definitely you know am always asking students um questions that my mentors asked me when I was in film school, which is just like, what would the movie be like if we had followed this character instead of this character? Or, you know, what happens if, if the entire story is about what happens to this one character that, you know, that you only see this for five minutes, right? If you, if you made the whole movie about that character, what, what would change and why? And, you know, and those are really great story games, right? Because Mm -hmm. it should encourage you to, when you find those problematics, then you've got a structure probably already for a new story. You just got to add your voice to it, you know? So, um, no, I'm all for it. Just don't, re- yeah, just don't remit, you know, it doesn't need to be breakfast club 2024, you know, it just, right. just, yeah, just,
0: you know, let the branding go, everybody, Yeah, let just it, let, l- it, let, l- it let, let it go. So yeah. let's circle back then to this idea of the lonely bachelor, okay. uh, as long as we're talking about, you know, specific types of characters and the way that movies are structured. Um, more famously, I would say a film like As Good as It Gets is, you know, one of the standouts of of this type of character. Right? It's flawed. He's got problems. It's just, you know, oh, look, what are you doing? What? 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 What are you doing? They just, can't see you. I can I'm see just, you.
1: <laughs> just listening, waiting for you to talk about my movie.
0: So, oh, yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. No, no. I mean, what you're, I mean, I, I don't see the lonely bachelor character. I'm, I'm struggling to think of a movie in recent years where I've seen that uh, other than Joe Swanberg's Win It All, uh, mm-hmm. which is an outstanding film. Um, which I constantly tell people, you got to watch it. It's on Netflix. It is, it's good stuff. But yeah, that's the last like lonely bachelor film I can really think of. Well, do
1: we, so do we, so do we classify? uh, So like, I think of of characters like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino, where they're like the old, I mean, they're bachelors, right? But like, nobody's really, it's not a romantic interest. So it's like, we have degrees uh of of how that character is sort of getting played out um Mm -hmm. but i think if you're seeing a lonely bachelor i i can't remember the last time i saw a lonely bachelor movie that that was focused on this age range
0: Mm -hmm. and that's like mid-30s right
1: yes but actually late 30s but um
0: uh remember marty's only 34
1: well i'm sure that I'm sure. Yeah, he know he knows more looks thirty four than you <laughs> and I do, Joe.
0: But uh, but
1: but, um, I I will take an asterisk here because there's probably like four hundred Hallmark movies that have lonely bachelors. I'm like, sure that, them, there that are. right? We just don't watch them, right? So I'm sure that the trope is is there and alive getting,
0: and well right, and living right, in Hallmark playing, land,
1: right? I'm I'm sure that that's where it's probably destined to live. For the rest of its life i mean can you remember i mean when was the last time you saw a rom-com being like massively marketed and released and produced i mean no hard feelings the jennifer lawrence movie from the summer from the summer
0: yeah i guess so i mean but that was that yeah, was more and, that was more marketed as a gross out comedy and than uh, it was yeah. a rom-com so yeah
1: you know you saw a, it, so, it well, I, mean, I, I went to see it i'm, I'm a big J law fan i i went to see it and i i thought it was very very interesting in the way that it was pushing the boundaries of where that genre is going um mm-hmm. or where it could go um you know uh i thought it was i thought it was pretty funny but you know it's it's that humor is not going to hit for everybody um right because uh, no hard feelings is kind of like an anti-john hughes movie and in, in, mm-hmm. in many respects um so, but yeah, I lonely. I don't know, Jeff. Hallmark Land—that's where I think he's living. Like that, yeah, that character.
0: I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, is there? Are there any other points that you want to make about only the lonely, or about right? just the just this topic in general, like in how only the lonely? Because, I, you know, I think it's safe to say that we both would recommend people watching both of these films, um, you know, and they're going to get it's it's definitely if you double feature this, it's going to be a real interesting night for you, um, because if you start with Marty and then transition to Only the Lonely, it's it's quite um, quite startling. That's <laughs> it was for me.
1: <laughs> would you say startling in the startling in the sense that you're seeing the patterns just. Re- yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, which well, in the, yeah. In, yeah in the patterns.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's what that's why uh, that's why I got excited about it. Right when I mm-hmm. re uh, revisited that because I picked up only the lonely um, a, a thrift store dive. I mean, I mm-hmm. picked it up for a dollar, right? And mm-hmm. um, I was like, I haven't seen this in X number of years. And as soon as I started watching it, I just instantly went. Oh my god, they were they were restructuring Marty. And I just, you know, I, I just didn't catch it the first, you know, time that I saw Only the Lonely. And so it gave me a a whole new appreciation for Only the Lonely and a reappreciation as well of Marty. But um, but you asked me about what 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 was the last thing I wanted to say. And I have a question for you, Mr. Chicago. Okay. Sure. because uh, I did a short little deep dive on this, but the White Sox, when mm-hmm. they moved their stadium.
0: Mm-hmm. From they Comiskey kept, to Co America,
1: but they just moved it across the street. Mm-hmm. That was a huge deal for locals.
0: uh If you were a White Sox fan, yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> I now I know you're a Cubs guy, right? I'm a Cubs, or fan Cubs, fan. A Cubs person, right? So, but you're, but the White Sox play on the south side of the city. Is that is that, that right? That's correct. Yes. So was that the original stadium of like? the black Sox scandal and all that from i mean was that the original no stadium or was that somewhere else or okay, okay.
0: that was somewhere else
1: okay yeah
0: couldn't couldn't well, tell you off the top of my head
1: but i i it must have i did just a small deep dive on it and apparently there was like a little bit of a local controversy about when they transitioned from those stadiums mm-hmm. and they make such a point about it in the movie only the lonely where Mm -hmm. he takes her to the stadium it's very romantic it's very
0: romantic on the field yeah
1: and he's like it's a shame they're going to tear it all down and just do something across the street you know and i just thought it was such a huge metaphor for transition right the tearing down of something before constructing something new across the street and i thought it was it was a it was a nice touch and taste from uh, a director who understood the local right environment mm-hmm. um, and understood how to incorporate that into his narrative as as kind of a metaphor, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. So I didn't know if you had any thoughts on it or any or any. No, I know,
0: mean, other than story. that, we've already discussed about community. Okay, uh, okay. You, you know, okay. in 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 that, you know, doubling down on it, uh, right. as Columbus is doing. You know, it it, it it's more kind of hammering you over the head than in Marty, where we were talking about earlier about the Italian American community and a certain part of New York um, that exists in basically that old, that old New York trope about like, you never leave these eight city square blocks. You know, you, you're born here, you live here, you die here. You know, and I think, I think that transitions to a lot of Chicago really well too, uh, based on people I've met from Chicago and people that talk really don't want to leave. Like they, they are just, they know how to navigate Chicago, just like someone who knows how to navigate New York. Mm. Yep. So I think that, that, that would be uh, uh, fair to say. Um, Well, you can get in touch with us a number of ways. You can email us lonelyphds at gmail.com. You can click on the link in our show notes to our discord, where we discuss films and other such stuff. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe rate and review the show on apple google podbean or wherever you get your podcasting uh done and until next time i'm dr jeffrey hayes
1: i'm dr joseph watson go tigers
0: (laughs) i'm gonna let you i'm gonna i'm gonna leave leave you with that victory (laughs) we'll see you next time